0: We're speaking with Patrick Nielsen-Hayden. He's the senior editor at Tor Books, and he's setting up the Tor booth at Comic-Con 2008. Thank you for joining me, Patrick. Uh, No problem. Patrick, tell us what Tor is doing at Comic-Con.
1: Well, we're sharing a booth with uh, Seven Seas, which is a manga publisher that uh, that we distribute um, and that we're also developing some original material in conjunction with. We've uh, shared space with them at uh, New York Comic Con as well um, this year, and I think at uh, San Diego last year as well. So, um, and uh, we're uh, you know, giving away some free books and selling uh, very, uh, very few others. Um, and you know, just general information about the tour line. It's just essentially sort of getting our our feet wet in the vast ocean that is Comic Con. I mean, yeah, it's, it's something we've been focusing on more and more in the last couple of years. It's it's kind of you know culturally wrenching to go from you know focusing our attention on things like the World Science Fiction Convention, where we're the greatest tigers in the jungle, to some place like Comic Con, where we're Tor Who. <laughs> but you know, this is where young readers are. I mean, Comic Con is. It's been years since Comic-Con was primarily about, about comics. It's about you know, popular entertainment and genre fiction and genre narratives of all kinds. Um, it's a huge focus for Hollywood, a huge focus for gaming and toy industries. And, and it's full of enthusiastic 17-year-olds who uh, read tour books. and would we'll probably read more of them if we uh, were around to uh, bring them to their attention. So, you know, we're going where the readers are.
0: Well, young people are. Well, that sounds I, 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 quite appropriate. Uh, obviously, you know, science fiction really has an appeal to uh, boys of that age. It always has, and to uh, for you guys to be there makes perfect sense.
1: And and we have come to feel that uh, the subculture of science fiction has uh, allowed itself to get a little bit too old and staid. <laughs> Um you know I mean, I love traditional science fiction conventions, you know, I go to things like Readercon and so forth and Boscon. Um, i don 't have anything against you know the choices that that have been made that have kept a kind of you know that have led to the subculture is average age sort of advancing at the rate of about one year per year <laughs> i in <laughs> fact i in at various times in you know the history of modern convention running i've been part of the, the decisions that uh, led to that. But I, I, I really do am starting to you know, to fret about the extent to which uh, we're, we're, we've are we been losing young people. Um, and what, a lot of is just cultural. Well, I mean, you know, it's one thing. Printed science fiction stories in garishly illustrated magazines are incredibly exciting. I mean, it's 1952 in Lubbock, Texas, and there's absolutely nothing else interesting to read. They're not, perhaps not quite so totally compelling when there's a uh, ubiquitous planetary Internet full of fantastic distractions, almost all of them free. Um you know, plus uh, massive multiplayer online gaming, and you know, um, science fiction on good science fiction for crying out loud on TV on you know, and on a daily basis, and so forth. So you know, we um, you know we we have to catch up. I, I, one of the things I've been saying about the uh, science fiction industry in general, the publishing industry in general, is that you know, Tor's uh, competition isn't Del Rey, it's not Blaine or Ace. You know, our competition is Boing Boing, our competition is Second Life, our competition is. Is, you know, just the fact that 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 condition of being a smart, um, somewhat isolated and bored-to-death 14-year-old is basically completely over, at least as far as middle-class Americans are concerned. There's just, you know, there's just so much to do, um, so much of it compelling and so much of it free um, that, uh, you know, the, the, the. it, it's good to remember our own adolescences, our own, our own experiences of being young people consuming science fiction, but it's really different these days.
0: That's certainly true. Uh, and Tor also, I mean, you've got Tor authors who are moving into to the manga comic world. Uh, I'm thinking of uh, Cory Doctorow has a new collection yeah. of yep. Tales Out.
1: And in fact, he was at Comic-Con last year, um, partly because he was teaching Clarion in San Diego in the same week. Um but yeah, I mean, of a big comics fan. Um, yeah. Anyway, you know, we're 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 not moving super super drastically towards publishing lots of comic material. Although we are doing some co-development co-development projects with our our distribution client Seven Seas. Um yeah, and we're open to other stuff. We're you know we're we've got a couple of graphic novel projects. We did uh, a Charles Vest uh, fairy tales uh, of on the name of which is just fallen out of my head, but you can look it up. It was a um,
0: wonderful book. And, I loved it. It was um, great.
1: Alice, Alice, that was what it was called. Yeah, it was, um, and we did uh, um, uh, Tim Eldred's um, Grease Monkey, which is a superb uh, sort of modern Heinlein juvenile that really I, I felt got quite unfairly overlooked. I, I still hope they will find a good audience. Um, but, uh, you yeah, know, so we're not averse to it, but it was, it's not like we have a, a, a program going to focus on comics, aside from our collaboration with Seven Seas. We, we, we have a. You know, we're very determined to, uh, you know, to get to get into events like Comic Con, you know, New York Comic Con, and other the, uh, other events of that sort that are just bringing in hordes uh, um, of the kinds of people that we need to be reaching.
0: Now, is this your first uh, San Diego Comic Con?
1: I was here two years ago. Um, um, was there, but uh, as but, but last last tour? Was,
0: pardon me. As, as tour setting up a booth. Is this the first time tour set no, up a booth?
1: That's the second year. Um, oh. the, the, we we had one last year. I was not at it because I was teaching Clarion in Seattle that week. So, um, but uh, no, this is our second year doing this. Well,
0: um, what 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 is tour got at the booth? I mean, who do you have? Do you have? Are you going to have some authors?
1: I believe we have. I'm 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 not central to setting this all up. I'm i mostly here for the tour.com. Uh, um, web 2.0 uh, website project but uh, yeah i believe we have a, a couple of author uh, events i know that scott card is here and i believe we have a booth signing at some point um and uh, um, i think we have a couple of others
0: now i guess the the show is still setting up so have you seen much of what else is big there this year
1: well, um, you know, there was a lot of buzz about the fact that uh, there are no big Marvel movies being uh, um, previewed here this time. But, uh, I mean, yeah, not, it's obviously, Marvel doesn't have anything they need to prove to the world at this point. it yeah, I been mean, yeah, I mean, really on a roll in terms of... Successful giant movies based on their properties. Um, I think you know um, the you know the the, the the thing that everybody is most totally um, jazzed about is Watchmen. Of course, it, they, you know, they just released that astonishing trailer that you know really I think has r- r- raised fanish fanish hope to a nearly unsus- unsustainable height. <laughs> have, you seen, have you seen the trailer?
0: Uh, I, I saw the one I saw was in such a small pixelated version it I kind of hurt my eyes to look at. It. <laughs>
1: uh, well, it, it it really it looks like an amazingly accurate tra- translation of Watchmen into live action. It's it's quite amazing.
0: Well, what um, I've read of the directors and and the set designer, they're both really fanatics about this.
1: Yeah, Well, we'll see. I mean, you know, obviously Alan Moore hates it, but yeah, you know, Alan Moore hates everything. <laughs> <laughs> and well, he should. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's his job, to be
0: the cranky author. <laughs> now, um, I'd like you to just comment on, on, you know, what's happened to our culture. We used to have a culture where the primary, um, mo- you know, uh, inspiration for it, I, I guess, came from books and, and from movies, which are, I think, a lot more complicated, it, or were a lot more complicated than comics, but now we have a culture that's really dominated by comics. That
1: to some extent, I mean, and and, by, and by science fictional imagery and so forth. I, I think there's a bunch of different things going on there. There's the, uh, you know, there's there's, there's 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 an optimistic story and a pessimistic story there. There's there's the one of you know the the optimistic story is the one about how, you know, science fiction and science fictional thinking has to a great extent taken over the world. How, uh, you know, um. Uh, enormous quantities of uh popular entertainment these days are based on some fairly sophisticated uh you know ideation. I, I remember when uh um, Blade Runner came out well whatever it was uh, twenty five years ago and um uh, you know most people's reaction was a gigantic huh because, you know, they most people most non non genre, non insider, non fanish um, viewers, you know, didn't know how to pick up and make uh, pick up on and make sense of all the little cues that tell you this is a, you know, world of climate change and 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 increasing inequality and and so forth and so on. Yeah, you know, some people come out of the movie. I, I don't get it. Why is it raining all the time? Why does everybody speak Chinese? You know. <laughs> and these days, you can do much more sophisticated stuff like that and totally, you know, pop entertainment, and everybody gets it. Everybody, you know. Um, there's all kinds of movies that aren't even thought of as genre, like Groundhog Day, that do, you know, the play around in a fairly sophisticated ways with, uh, you yeah, um, know, all, all kinds of, you know, tricky notions of time and so forth and so. Uh, so yeah, that's the optimistic science fiction has taken over the world. Science fiction is storytelling has taken over the world, etc. Et and of course, there's a, you know, a very pessimistic critique of capitalism story could tell. This is, that, you know, um, comic book movies particularly are uh, particularly um, uh, optimized for. Uh, um, Basically, being essentially industrial products, um, you know, you basically you uh, you get together a, a, a huge crew of a very talented and, and committed artisans, and you basically sort of extrude a really um, spectacular, uh, um, you know, a, a spectacle. Um, and it it's it, it's it's like it, it removes a lot of the uh the the humanity and the eccentricity and the sort of you know um eyeball directorial off stuff from the okay uh from the uh recipe and and just you know make something really 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 slick really really you know um enticing and and you know that scratches all those human itches for entertainment um on the other hand you know there's there's always been you know the the entertainment industry at any given time always has the spectacle end you know whether it's grand opera or uh or what have you i mean you know, arguably, the uh, just single part of our pop culture where uh, this process is most advanced is is uh, is not uh, giant comic book movies, but uh, commercials. You know, for, I mean, microsecond for microsecond, more money is spent on those, and more attention is spent on making every microsecond count than any other art form we have.
0: And, and yet, we are given to understand that the people who make commercials don't actually watch them. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: You know, Sam King years ago had a great idea for a pop, for a newsstand magazine. It, 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 it was a, a newsstand magazine like Premiere, but not about movies, but about TV commercials. I mean, everybody's actually interested in TV commercials. Everybody you know finds them compelling. and they're made to be compelling. Um, I always thought that was a good idea and somebody should run with it.
0: (laughs) I think we got Advertising Age and Ad Week, but they're not.
1: No, 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 the the thing about Premiere, it wasn't an insider magazine. It was a magazine for the general public about Ah. movie making and and, and Hollywood. Uh, It had technical stuff, but written for a popular audience. It happens to Imagine Magazine about advertising would be like that. Ad Age is totally inside baseball. I mean, you can't even make sense of it if you're not an industry insider. (laughs)
0: <laughs> That's right, and that would be a compelling magazine. Well, somebody will probably, hopefully, uh, start it, and when they do, they'll give you and Tapping King credit <laughs> and, and investment shares, too.
1: That's right. There you go. Anyway, um, well, the main thing that I'm, I, I'm here for um, is uh, we, we've just launched our uh, sort of Web 2.0 combination blog, news discussion, community, et cetera, social networking site, Tor.com, which is separate from the Tor corporate uh, Website, which is at torforge.com. Um We just launched it on Sunday, and we're getting a lot of traffic. We're getting a lot of posts. It's a group blog is being written by a, a whole bunch of different people, um, and, uh, I'm my, and I'm the editorial director of the, of the overall shooting match. And we're basically sent a bunch of extra people in, involved in Tor.com to San Diego um, to basically blog the thing up, down, sideways. We report on it from you know both whimsical and serious, and, um, and in text and audio and multimedia. Um, form. So that's what, that's what we're looking at doing. We're not so much promoting TOR um, or TOR.com at San Diego so much as we are using it as a gigantic content opportunity.
0: That's a really fascinating idea and this is something I want to talk to you more about when you're actually sitting in a quiet home office, uh, because I think this Tor, uh, Tor 2.0 looks like it's going to be a, it already is a huge website, and it's got a lot of really great advance notice. and, and But I, I like this idea of looking at uh, um, conventions as a source of content. Well,
1: uh, There's a lot of interesting conversations that are had and you know, we figure we can sort of extend the convention. We'll probably live blog some events. We'll probably uh, you know, we've got a couple of our uh, our, our core uh, um, Tor now, um, uh, Pablo Defendini from uh, Tours Art Department and David Moldauer, who's an editor at St. Uh, Martin's Press, are both uh, um with all portable multi- multimedia tools, and so, you know, they're, they're fully kitted out with the kinds of video cameras you can carry around in your pocket and super lightweight notebook computers and audio equipment and so forth and so on, and we'll basically be running around covering a lot of stuff. Well, I'll be sitting, I'll be sitting in the booth and more or less you know just doing you know doing post production on all this stuff and get, slapping it up as quickly as possible.
0: Wow, well that sounds like a, a an interesting opportunity. Uh, we've been speaking with Patrick Nielsen Hayden. He's the senior editor at Tor.com. He's at Comic Con 2008 to uh, launch to. Uh, Acquire content for Tor 2.0. He and I are going to have a nice long conversation about Tor 2.0 when he gets back to the office. Thank you for joining me, Patrick. no problem.